Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. Give unto me your son and your slave, supernatural divine utterance, that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. I thank you for making my tongue of a pen of a ready writer. I thank you that I, you give me a word for them that are weary, a tongue of the learned, that I may speak a word to them that are weary. I pray that your people will be strengthened, spirit, soul, and body, emotionally, mentally. And I thank you, Father, for ministering to them as we minister the word of God. May I minister out of, the, the, out of my spirit and not just out of my mind or my emotions or my human knowledge, but also out of my spirit, man. I pray, just lift up your hands, say, Father God, grant unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. That the eyes of my understanding may be enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of your inheritance in the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of your power towards me who believes in Jesus' name. Now just take a few moments and, and minister to the Lord with your own words. Father, we thank you. We worship you. Jesus, you can come up a little bit. Just a, praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We love you, Jesus. We love you with all of our hearts. We love you with all of our souls. We bless you and we honor you this morning as we take a few moments to minister to you. Thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. Thank you for the anointing. It is the anointing that makes the difference. We thank you that the anointing makes the difference in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We can do it next week. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. I know we stopped at at, uh, at Philippians chapter 1. How many have been praying the prayers of the kingdom? Amen. Amen. Have you noticed a difference as you pray them? So Philippians chapter 3, this is another prayer in which to pray. Today we're going to talk about kingdom insight prayers. Everybody say kingdom insight prayers. Philippians chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Philippians chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. This is a prayer that I adopted uh, many, many years ago. It says, and be found in him. Let's just start with verse 8. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the suppressing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. How many know we should count everything as loss? Everything as loss, all right? And here he goes on, he says, because of the suppress, suppress, suppressing, suppressing, surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I suffered the loss of all things. How many people have suffered for because you knew Jesus, you know Jesus. Have anybody suffered? 
Amen. And so when you identify yourself with Jesus, there will be some sufferings. We as Christians are called to suffer. That does, does not mean that you suffer in your body as far as sickness and disease or you suffer in your finances. I'm talking about suffering through persecution, suffering and crucifying your flesh. Many of the body of Christ, they believe in suffering in the sense of well, that, that sickness is for the glory of God. How many know that God does not put sickness on you for the glory of God? He does not make you poor for the glory of God. I, I only know one person he made sick and one person he made poor, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, for I suffer the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, um, King James says dung, as dung, in order that I may gain Christ. So we, we, we take the sufferings and we look at it as, we count it as whatever we suffer, we don't look at it like when I wasn't saved, I enjoyed X, Y, and Z. But you see the treasure of Christ, Christ trumps everything that was in the world. So I value Christ more than I value my life outside of Christ. Many Christians are looking at their life prior to Christ and they are Oh, I used to be able to do this. I used to have these types of friends, but they're not treasuring Christ. And Paul here says, I, that I may gain Christ, I count it as rubbish, as dung, as doo-doo, right? Um, uh, some, some artists, I mean, excuse me, some historians believe that Paul was actually in human waste up to his neck while he wrote or dictated the book of Philippians. So that kind of shed light on when he's writing about rejoicing. Can you imagine being in human waste up to your neck and you're writing to a bunch of complaining Christians and telling them, count it all joy, rejoice, and again, and I say rejoice in the Lord. And I, I suffer for the loss of Christ, but I count it as what I'm in, dung, that I may gain Christ. This is Paul speaking. The, they, they actually believe that he was not actually in prison. He was under the prison in the human waste. And they said that the, the smell of the human race, I mean, the human waste, it killed people when they came near it because it was so much. So if, if this historian is correct, I don't, I don't think we have a reason to complain. The same book talks about do all things without murmuring and complaining. I mean, I, I give it to Paul. I'm like, whoa, you, you're, you're in human ways, and you just, that I may gain Christ. And we'd be like, hi, Lord. Why me, right? All right, and this is the prayer, verse 9 and 10. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is, comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. So he's, he's praying or he's declaring that I may be found in him. How many want to be found in him? I don't want to be found outside of him. I want to be found in him. And he goes on, he says, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. How many know that the gift of righteousness is a gift? There's nothing I can do to gain righteousness. My right standing. Righteousness, one definition of righteousness means right standing with God. There's nothing that I did that gained my right standing with God. Are you with me? It's a gift. So you'll never be more righteous than you are right now. Everybody's clear with that, right? Say, I am, I am 
the righteousness of God in Christ. All right. You are righteous. Now, you can grow in your holiness, which is the fruit of righteousness, but you can never grow in your righteousness. You are, you're, you'll never be more righteous than you are right now. So when you go to heaven, you'll be just as righteous in heaven as you are right now. It's the gift of righteousness, according to Romans 5 and Romans 6. And so being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is by the law, but the righteousness of God that depends on faith. And verse 10 says this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Let's look at this. And so here's a prayer. And this is how I pray it. Father, I pray that I'll be found in Christ, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law or comes from me doing certain things or not doing certain things, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know you, that I may know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship, as King James says, as the fellowship of his sufferings they may conformable to his death. That's a prayer that you should pray, that I may be found in him. Father, I want to be found in Christ, not having a righteousness of my own. For my righteousness is as filthy, filthy as rags. But Jesus has declared me righteous because of my faith in Christ. I am clothed with righteousness. That you deal with me not according to my transgressions, but you deal with me according to the righteousness of your son. I come to you based on, the, uh, based on the blood. My relationship with you, I'm not consumed because of Jesus. He is my righteousness. That I may know you in the power of your resurrection. That I may know you. That I may know you. That I may know who you are. That I may know your characteristics. That I may know your attributes. I want to know you. The God of the Bible. The God who wrote my story. The God who called, who's my creator. The God who saved me. The God who filled me. The God who protects me. The God who provides for me. That I may know you. That I, Here's Paul at the end of his life praying that he may know Christ. That I may know him. And then it goes on that the power and the power of his resurrection, that I will experience your power of your resurrection. What is Paul saying? That same power that raised Christ from the dead that I will experience, that I may experience the resurrection, the power of your resurrection, that on that great day, the day of your son's return, I thank you that I will experience the power of your resurrection. And then it goes on. He says that I may Know the, that, that I may know your fellowship, the fellowship of your sufferings, the partnership, my part in the suffering of Christ, that I may know that. Why? And he tells you why we should know this, the part. May share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, part of knowing Christ, part of walking with Christ, part of living out the kingdom, it's to share in the sufferings of Christ, to suffer like Christ suffered. How did Christ suffer? He was not poor in the sense of he had all his needs met while he walked on the earth. He was not sick in the sense of that he did not deal with sickness or disease in his own body. 
He became sick. He became poor. But he did not suffer those things. He suffered persecution. People hated him because of the miracles. They hated him because of the word that he preached. <clears throat> so I need to share in his suffering, sufferings. Why? So I can become like him in his death. That by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Are y'all seeing this? That's a powerful prayer, right? Begin to pray that and see your life change. That I may know him. That I may know the power of your resurrection. That I may know the fellowship of your suffering. I want to share in your sufferings. Why? So that I can be like you in your death. That I may attain, possible, may attain to the resurrection from the dead. So that's a prayer that you need to pray. I can go home now, right? All right, so I'm going to get, give you, we're talking about kingdom insight prayers. King, everybody say kingdom, kingdom. Insight, insight prayers. All right, I want to give you some reasons why I pray these prayers. Not only these prayers, but the prayers of the kingdom, kingdom prayers, and so forth. Go with me to Psalm 138. Psalm 138. Psalm 138. I'm going to read this out of the King James Version. Psalm 138, verse 2. It says it a little bit better in King James, I think, than ESV. It says this, I will worship towards thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. That's a good way, right, to praise God for his name's sake to praise him for his loving kindness and for his truth, that for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In other words, God has exalted his word. God has exalted his word above his name. How many know the name is powerful? But his word is exalted above his name. So one reason why you and I should pray these prayers, because we're praying the word, and God has exalted his word above his name. The name is powerful, but his word upholds everything in the universe. He's exalted his word above his name. So go with me to Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1. These are reasons why you and I should pray these prayers. Jeremiah chapter 1. And let's look at verse 12. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12, it says this. Then the Lord said to me, talking, Jeremiah is saying this, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to what? To perform it. God watches over his word to perform it. So it is important for us as believers that we confess the word. I'm big on confessions, if you don't know that by now. I, I'm concerned about what you say all the time. I, right, honey? I, I correct my son's. Uh, and my dog <laughs> and my wife, I got permission, I can say that, I, and my wife <laughs> when it comes to confession. You know, in a moment, that child is bad. Don't say that. That child is active. <laughs> my words carry weight. Your words carry weight. So I, I'm very careful about what I say. And so I was, I was asked a question from coworkers. And I don't know why this came up, but some of the coworkers, my coworkers, actually, act, uh, pardon what they say as far as profanity. These people use profanity all the time, and I just—I mean, it's—it's it's, it's really bad. I mean, 
they, they use profanity all the time. And, and so some of them are aware of who I am and what I represent. And so they say, excuse me, excuse me. And so they came up, these three ladies was like, what if your wife cussed, cussed, cussed? I said, well, she wouldn't be my wife. If she cussed before I married her, she wouldn't be my wife. Because I just believe in the power of words. And I told one guy, um, I said, your words are powerful. And so the reason I don't curse is because my words carry weight. And what I say is what I get. And what I say, and, 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 and I'm, I'm so conscious of my words, I would rather not use words that did not glorify God. Because my words go into people. My words can, as a kid, um, there was words spoken to me, and, and I, I'm getting delivered from those words. But it, I, that, it's, it's, it's been a long journey of getting free from those words that were spoken to me by my grandmother, by my mom, and by my, my aunts and uncles. Those words went inside of me. And, and sometimes, you know, they say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. That's a lie. They, they, they go deep, and, and, and they develop, and they become a stronghold. Thank God I'm free. Amen. 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 And so you got to be careful what you say to your children. Don't call them dumb. Don't call them stupid. Don't call them bad. You have the response. You have the spiritual responsibility of speaking life to your kids, cultivating, even when they are doing the opposite of what you're saying. I call you saved. I call you serving God. I call you will never see the inside of a prison unless doing a prison ministry. I call you. I call the favor of God on your life. I, I say that you'll marry the right woman. I say, come on. Yes. You know, that, that's, uh, you know, I, I hope they're not gay. Well, why would you speak that? You know what I'm saying? You, you guard your words like you guard their hearts because, and you, you guard, and because and, and, I'm, I'm using my words as a target. Um, they're like, kids are like arrows. And I'm, I'm pointing them in the right direction. And my words has a lot, my words have a lot to do with the direction they'll go. You can do it. I believe in you. Even when you, uh, you disappoint me, I believe in you. And I believe you'll be whatever God made you to be. I believe the Lord is ordering your steps. You'll have favor everywhere you go. you always have a job. you always have money. You'll never lack. Come on. Words of life. Death and life are in the power of the... So I'm careful of what I say, and God hears my words. And Jesus is responsible of bringing my words to pass. When I put his word on my mouth, the Bible says that Jesus is the high priest of my confession. These are my confessions. I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I am an overcomer. I'm not a failure. <laughs> I, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I, my mind, I have the mind of Christ. My mind is sharp. The memory of the just is blessed. My memory is blessed. When I'm 90 years old, I still remember things. Come on. <laughs> All these diseases around. And I have a disease-free body. It starts out by what you say. I know you got to do some some legwork to your confession, but it starts out by what you say. You, the Bible says in James that you control, the, the, you control your body by what you say. <laughs> so it starts out, you want to lose weight? Start saying that. Hey, it's easy for me to lose weight. Don't just say, you men, it's easy for you to lose weight. But for me, as us women, it's, it's hard. You have what you say. You can just be fat. <laughs> I'm saying like, because you keep saying it. You keep contradicting, Lord, help me lose weight. But then you keep saying the opposite of what you're believing for. Yeah. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> so you got you to gotta direct. And, and I, I did this. I did a little experiment when I was a teacher. Kid, um, kids, 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 students. Uh, I call them my kids. They're 16 to 84, uh, 64. All, right? they, all kids, all kids. Call me Mr. Wright. So <clears throat> they come up for the test. I don't think I can make it. I don't think I can make it. I said, you're going to make it. And I'll make them cry. I'll make them mad. I said, you're a lazy thinker. Get with, get with it. Come on. <laughs> get it together. Now let me pray for you. Go ahead and take this test. In the and I, I've, done, I've done this time and time again. And they would go ahead and take the test and pass and go and get me some Chick-fil-A and bring me Chick-fil-A. We just want to say thank you. <laughs> One of the guys came to the banquet, the 25 years banquet, and sat at my table. Did not know anybody. He's so grateful. He passed the test. I spoke life. I believe you can pass this test. I just, I just can't get these fractions. Stop saying you can't get them. You can't get the fractions. Fractions are easy. Calculus is easy. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You got to say what you're believing for. It's easy for, you know, I'm just an old dog. You know, old dogs don't learn a new trick. You're not a dog. You, you, you can, you, the older I get, the better my mind operates. Don't, don't say the opposite. Oh, you know, you're get, we're getting old. Oh, I'm getting growing old in Christ, but I'm not getting, like, I, I have the life of God in me. I got God's DNA. I got his mind. I got his spirit. And yet I can't learn this. I can learn whatever I believe I can learn. You can too. I don't know why I said that. But I, I'm saying that your words have power. So the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1 that God watches over his word to perform it. So what you say and what you pray, you'll get because God is watching over his word. So you pray these prayers. God is watching to bring that word that you're praying to pass. That's how you live out the life. What you say, what you say, what you pray, what you pray, what you say in your prayers. Stop praying doubt and unbelief. Lord, I just don't have enough faith. God never, he'll, no. If you don't have enough faith, then you need to get more word. Faith comes by hearing, you hear by, amen. So don't ever, God, give me more faith. And the God will say, read your Bible. Lord, give me so much joy. Stir up the joy that you have. God, give me some grace. Be humble and receive grace. God gives grace to, he gives grace to the humble. So if I humble myself, I'll get grace. Humble me, Lord. No, don't pray that. Humble yourselves. I humble myself in your presence. I recognize I'm nothing without you, but with you I am somebody. That's how you humble yourself. Don't, you don't beat down on yourself. I'm just a nobody. I am barely making it. I'm broke, busted, and disgusted. I'm so unworthy, Lord. I'm so, and, and church folks will get very um, excited when you talk about how unworthy you are. I'm so unworthy. I'm just a worm, Lord. I'm just a worm, God. And they'll get in the spirit of the flesh by being a worm. I'm not a worm. I am somebody. When Jesus touched me, he made me somebody. Just like with the woman, an issue of blood. I used to be a nobody, but he made me into somebody. I am somebody. I, God loves me. I am God's favorite son. And you should say the same thing. I'm God's favorite daughter, God's favorite son. You, you should say that. God has no grandchildren. God loves me just as much as he loves Jesus. <laughs> That'll liberate you. Right, where's the end of the Bible? John chapter 17. Read it on your own time. John chapter 17. Uh, God loves us just as much as he loves Jesus. God does not love Jesus more than he loves me. Some of y'all struggling with that, but get over it. All right, here we go. 
reasons why we should pray these prayers. All right, and then the last one is 1 John chapter 5. Right, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. It says, and this is the confidence we have in him, that if we pray anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. If we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the petition that we ask of him. So my goal is not to get God to hear me per se. My, God, my goal is to pray his word. God delights in my prayers. With that said, let's go to king, some kingdom insight prayers. Philippians, excuse me, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. These types of prayers that we've been talking about for the last four weeks, they need to be repeated prayers. There, there are certain prayers you need to pray throughout your life. The prayers of the kingdom, the kingdom prayers, kingdom insight prayers. You need to pray these prayers over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I pray the Ephesians 1 prayer um, almost every time I preach because the Lord told me to when I was a teenager. He says, when you start preaching, pray this prayer over the people that you are ministering to and have them minister to me and they'll get more out of your sermon than you could outside of that. And that's why I do that. You believe God can speak to a teenager? <laughs> so when I was a teenager, that's what happened. Um, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to look at this prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. And I'm going to tell you, this was one of the first kingdom insight prayers or Prayers of the kingdom, however you want to say it, kingdom prayers, that I start praying. And it literally, I, I've been praying it since I was a teenager, and things have happened. All right, and I'll explain in a minute. Here we go. Verse 15, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. Notice this. Once he heard of their faith in Jesus and his, their love towards all the saints, then he began to pray for them. The qualification for this prayer is for you to have faith in Jesus and have love for all the saints. Isn't that good? I learned that from Dr. Fuchsia Pickett. For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you. So here's Paul giving thanks for the people that he is writing to. When the last time you thank God for the people around you? Thank God for your pastor. Thank God for your, your parents. Thank God for your children, grandchildren. Thank God. Come on. You, we need to thank God for people. And the Bible tells us this in 1 Timothy chapter 2, when we pray for leadership, to pray to thank God for leaders. You surround them with thanksgiving. And so he says, I do not stop to give thanks for you, um, and so we need to think. So think about one person right now and give thanks for him right now. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. Cultivate that as a lifestyle. I do not cease to give thanks for you. Remembering you in my what? Prayers. How many know we need to remember people in prayer, in our prayers? Remembering you in my prayers. And then this is what he prayed. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, let's stop there. That is a mouthful. You mean to tell me not only is God, most of the time when you see the word God in the Bible, in the English Bible, it refers to God the Father, most of the time. 
And so the God of our Lord Jesus, and, and, and as a teenager, I'll say, wait, wait I, I thought Jesus is God, and he is. But there is a relationship between God the Father and God the Son. Not only is God the Father the Father of Jesus, but he's also the God of Jesus. And it's mentioned a couple times throughout the New Testament. That, that's profound to me. Here's, he's the God of God. You know, the God of God. I think one of the creeds actually said God of God. The God of God. And it's just, it's, that's profound. And I, I don't think we think about the Godhood of God enough. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ. The God of God. <laughs> that's deep. Not gods, but the God of God. Mm-hmm. That's good. Y'all can go home on that. <laughs> the God of God. <laughs> the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. So not only is God the Father the Father of Jesus, but he's the God of Jesus. Mm. Mm. That, that's, that, thing, that thing mess you up for eternity. Just to think about that. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then he goes on, he says, the Father of glory. The Father of The word Father means, uh, can mean the source the source of glory, the father of glory. Now, God the Father is called Father of glory. Christ is called the Christ of glory. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of glory. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. There's something about this glory, the Father of glory, the Christ of glory, and the, and the Spirit of glory. So, he, 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 so he's, he's addressing his prayers to God, the Father. We are to address our prayers to God, the Father. I'm going to say something. All right. I'm not saying that you can't talk to Jesus and you can't talk to the Holy Spirit. But as you, as you read and study prayer, I've been studying prayer all of my life. It's just something that God has graced me with. I went to a church called the Prayer Center. I got a plethora of books about prayer. I study people who pray, women and men. I, I, I just, it's something about prayer. And I wanted to, uh, I don't have a PhD in prayer yet. Um, I think I have, I might be close to a bachelor's. <laughs> uh, but I, I want to, I mean, I want to learn about prayer. Prayer is more important than a, a college degree. Uh, prayer is more, now that doesn't mean you don't go get the college degree. <laughs> But prayer is more, more important than all the money in the world. Prayer can change things. I can, you know, prayer can get me the money. Prayer can get me the education. Prayer can get me the spouse and the kids. Prayer changes me. Prayer changes things. So I need to develop and grow in prayer. I need to know what prayer is. I need to know how to operate in prayer. And so here, you need to address your prayers to the Father. Jesus said in John 16, let's go over there. I, I, I do a disservice because I, I don't let you see this. Go to John chapter 16 real quick. John 16 verse 23. John chapter 16 verse 23. And you remember what we call the Lord's Prayer is really the disciples' prayer. Our Father. So Jesus is saying, you know what? Address the Father in prayer. John chapter 16 verse 23 he says, In the day you will ask me nothing. Oh, you'll ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask, who? The Father. the Father in whose name? Okay. And so address your prayers to the Father God. Talk to Jesus. Worship Jesus. Worship the Holy Spirit. Talk to the Holy Spirit. But you need to address your prayers 
to Father God. There's something about it that I'm not saying if you pray to Jesus, you, you pray. You know what I'm saying to you that the Bible shows us specifically the New Testament to point our prayers to the Father. And I want to submit to you the reason why some people are not getting their prayers answered because they're not dressing the Father. We, we are to talk to the Holy Spirit like the disciples talked to Jesus. If you notice, the disciples never prayed to Jesus. They worshiped Jesus. They talked with Jesus. They honored Jesus, but they never prayed to Jesus. Is that okay? Do y'all even think we're a cult or something? <laughs> you, you address the Father. Our Father. That's what Jesus helped us with in understanding prayer. Amen. Um, and in that day, you ask me nothing, and whatever you ask the Father in my name, so we're to pray to Father God in the name of Jesus with the help of the Holy Spirit. So you see the Trinity involved in our Christian life. Holy Spirit, is he's going to help you pray, but you need to approach the Father in Jesus' name. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. All right, let's go back to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. He says, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, this is verse 17, right? The Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. Let's stop there. And so we're, when we pray this prayer, we're praying that, see, wisdom, we, you know, James 1 talks about asking for wisdom, but the spirit of wisdom is like a river of wisdom, a river of wisdom, the source of wisdom. This may give you the spirit of wisdom, not just wisdom, but the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of. And I learned that from Dr. Pickett, too. Uh, the spirit of wisdom. She set me down as a teenager and talked with me. I'm honored. The spirit of wisdom. And of revelation. So not only should I have the spirit of wisdom, but I need the spirit of revelation. And what is revelation? Revelation is insight divine insight. If you'll pray and you'll walk with God and you'll speak the word and pray in the spirit, the Holy Spirit will give you revelation. There's something about revelation. And remember, revelation is insight, divine insight. God will give you insight. You may not, let's say you lost, uh, let's give me, I'm going to give you an example. Let's say you want to get out of debt, right? And you're praying and confessing concerning getting out of debt. The Holy Spirit will give you revelation just like that, how to get out of debt. I, I, okay, I, 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 I was commanded um, to give or instructed to give this testimony. And I said it a while back, a couple weeks ago. So the testimony was for three years, two years, I was really sick, had lung issues. My airways were closing up. I never had asthma as a kid. All of a sudden, here's this 40-year-old man developing asthma. And I'm like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And I don't know what, it was one day, I just, I was coughing and couldn't sleep. I hated sleep. I just, I, I just didn't want to sleep because it was worse. It, it got really bad at night. I'm like, what is it? I don't understand. And so I'm speaking the word. And so my wife, every time she hears me play um, Dad Hagen's healing scripture, she's like, what's wrong? 
<laughs> so I, I'm listening to her. She's like, what's wrong with you? Like, get out of here. Let's just tell her, feed my faith. <laughs> so sometimes I pray, you know, we used to play it every night when we first got married. And then that left. <laughs> um, so here I am. I'm just like, my lungs is closing in. I mean, my airways, and I, I just can't breathe. And I'm in a hospital, and I'm still paying the hospital bills. Um, back and forth, going back, going in the hospital, out of the hospital. Going, I said, don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody I'm in the hospital. And then Trey, being led by the Spirit, says, what's wrong with you, Pastor? I feel it in my spirit. I'm like, why you got to call me? <laughs> Always when I'm struggling with this lung situation. So, I, so in the midst of this, I, I, I get an infection in my tooth. Number 19, number 19, right? How many teeth you got? I mean, not the, how many, what's the normal 32. number? 32. So I have all 32. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> um, but number 19 had infection. So I go, in the midst of this, I go to the dentist, right? And the dentist tells me, um, she's a believer. She's like, pastor, she gives me the pastor discount. Pastor, let me tell you something. Off the record, I can't tell you as a professional, but number 19 is connected to your lungs. Don't get a root canal because you're going to have problems later on. I'm telling you this off the record. But number 19 is affecting your lungs. Who gets asthma at 40? In their 40s. And so she sends all this materials off the record to my house telling me that that number 19 is connected to my lungs. So I go. Um, I don't move on it. Her and my wife trying to convince me to get number 19 pulled. I do not want my teeth. I, I want to have all my teeth to the day I die. I take care of my teeth. I floss my teeth. I, why is this an issue? Like, no, I, Lord, you're not taking my tooth. Like, this is not, not going to happen. And so I begin to confess concerning. And she's surprised. She's like, I don't even know why you're not in pain right now. You should be crying. That, that, the infection is, that tooth is dead. Like, why? You should be in really a lot of pain right now. That's a miracle within itself. And so I am praying and praying and praying and confessing for a new tooth. I thank you for miracles. I thank you for miracles in my mouth. I got miracles in my mouth. Some of y'all heard me confess it from the point. I got miracles in my mouth. Miracles in my mouth. Calling this tooth here. I mean, a brand new tooth. I thank you, Lord. You, you're, you're the resurrection of life. So resurrect this tooth. In Jesus' name, I'm confessing the word. And then all of a sudden, I, every time I go in the mirror and I'm flossing, I see this tooth missing. I'm like, the devil's alive. This is images from the enemy. <laughs> and so one day I get the bright idea. Let me sit down and say, uh, Lord, Holy Spirit, should I get this tooth pulled out? And he says, yes. You're going to still have to believe me for that brand new tooth, regardless if you get it pulled out or not. But in the meantime, you can get the affection out while you believe in for the miracle. So I said, okay. And so I go to the dentist. Um, I set that up, and I, I keep pushing it off. And I'm like, ah, oh, cancel, cancel. We're going to have to charge you <laughs> $25 every time you cancel. So I finally um, get enough nerves to go up. And it's like, okay, I get rid of this vein. God, I don't want this tooth. I mean, this is just, I want all my teeth to the day I die. So I go, in the midst of this, I, my, my knees start hurting. And I'm thinking it's arthritis. I said, I'm too young for arthritis.
I'm going to the doctor. And the doctor, you know, that's what they hit my leg. I said, why do you hit my knee? I said, do an x-ray or something. And he said, um, it's not arthritis. I said, how do you know? You got no cat skin. You got no MRI. You know, what's wrong with you? Like, it's, 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 it's kind of what your wife said. Wait. But I lost some weight. I've been trying to wait. Still, nobody thinks about writers. I'm speaking. I crush off my hands in Jesus' name. <laughs> I speak to this, these knees. I say, yeah, run like the prophet Elijah. And I'm speaking the word. I'm working. And you tell me to take a supplement. I'm like, you know, this is the devil. I'm not going to have my writers. <laughs> and so, um, I said, don't travel the world. Now, what those so awful writers things? So, all of a sudden, Terry Minor Jr. comes to church. Oh, he comes to town. He's like, yo, pastor, I want to come and bless your folks. I said, all right, uh, sure. <laughs> and uh, so he comes and I set, set up a couple of meetings. So the first meeting, he's preaching around the way he preached for like three hours. Like, you are not coming to hear him. They will walk out on you. <laughs> they will walk out on you. <laughs> Don't rap either. I don't want you to rap. I just want you to preach. You don't need me on a time limit. I'm going to speak for me in that time limit. <laughs> I got to share it. So he comes. So in the middle of it, he gets a word of knowledge. So his knees. So he prays for my knees. And, and I did it. I still feel the pain. And it's going crazy. Oh, yes. How are you doing? Why he's operating in my mouth about to pull the tool. He said, 
set you up for the rest of your life. One word from God. God will show you that as it was there, you can rest your work to your own sister, you my sister, and we call her your cousin, you know, her dad, her, my dad and her mom were very, were very, very close. And all of a sudden, she, um, she had a rash on her arm. Of course, I had to see me up on my profession. I had to speak to her. So she began to speak to her. And then she was speaking to her. And all of a sudden, my wife said, don't get this lotion to put it on. She put the lotion on her and went right away. I'm telling you, revelation will change your life. This is kingdom living. This is how we live. We live on revelation. God gave you revelation about your kids. God gave you revelation concerning your money, concerning your body, concerning your job. He'll, he'll let you know what's going on. And I mean, I, I've had God show me people are talking about you and saying things about you. And I've walked right up in a meeting and they were talking about me. <laughs> I said, What do I do with that, Lord? <laughs> do I wild out? <laughs> wild out for me. You know, do I wild out? <laughs> Or do I walk in love and, and get wisdom? And I'm telling you, God can give you wisdom, give you revelation about your job, about your health, about your life, about your house, about your community. God knows everything. He knows where those keys are. He knows where that hat you lost the most. He knows everything. He knows how to cause your body to line up. He knows it all. And we just got to tap into it. So this is one way you should break this prayer. So real quick, my time is getting away. It says this. It says this. It says, um, pray that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of the Lord, may give you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation and the knowledge of Him. And the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. Notice how um, Amplified says, having the eyes of your understanding flooded with light. Flooded with light. We need understanding. We're blinded because of our hearts and because of sin, because of the enemy. So we need understanding of who Christ is. That the eyes of our hearts flooded with light. That the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. This is what he's praying. So God gives you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of Christ so that your eyes can be open. And what's the song? Open my eyes. Open my eyes. So that's what we need. We need eyes in our heart. The eye, we don't see right. We don't see right. But if we're open, we ask God for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of Him. So that our eyes and our hearts will be enlightened. So every Sunday when I pray this prayer, you got to pray this every morning. <laughs> when you pray this prayer, you pray for your eyes to be open as the word goes forth. So you get great insight because you pray that before you preach, before I preach. You need understanding. I need understanding. The eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. So what are, what is it, what are the reasons you need your eyes open is so that we can know what he's called us to. What is it that he's called you to? I mean, it takes divine insight into your calling. That there is no book of Alfred. Right? There's no, there's no book of that, 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 that There's no specific thing 
just a general word. And so God will give you insight into your calling. This next part. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? So your plan that you know one way is that you know how valuable you are to God. You're praying that God will help you to see how valuable you are to Him. That He that one of the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints. You're also praying that you would know what belongs to you as a believer. We don't know what belongs to us. Healing belongs to us. Like they could not give me a billion dollars, forty-seven billion dollars, to deny that healing is not part of my inheritance. I don't remember the number. It's just, it's, it's just so in me. I just, I, you have to kill me. I take the forty-seven million dollars, million dollars. It's okay. I'm fine with it because what I got is I understand you can have the billion dollars, but you don't have the health. You can't buy the health. You can buy things to, to kind of keep you moving, but it's going to affect other areas. So I know Christ is the healer. I know Christ is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. I know Christ is the deliverer. I know Christ the Savior. He saved, you know what I'm saying? So understanding, so you're praying that you will understand what belongs to you. That's good news. He left us an inheritance. So when you understand what belongs to you, nothing, no one can take that away. I thank you, Lord. I can be in the desert. I thank you, Lord. Make a way out of no way. I have a covenant with you. You make a way out of this, this island, off this island, and you provide while I'm over here, and you protect me. A thousand farmers in my right hand, two thousand in my left hand, and when I come down, pestilence, you gave me authority over these bugs. I mean, we were, we were in Jamaica, and in this is what we were staying in a house, in a school, and on, 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 rustic mattress. And we're up there, like, Lord, and there's lizards, smoking bugs, and stuff, and they just blow all over, and mosquitoes dying to me, killing me, biting to my head, up to my head, biting to my pants. And I was like, well, I said, Lord, I thought you'd give us a thing of a pestilence. <laughs> and I said, Lord, I took a thing of this stuff. And she was there. He was faithful too. One of the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, you're praying that you will know what belongs to you. You're praying that you will know how valuable you are to God. And it says, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? So you're praying to know that power. You will understand the authority that belongs to you in Christ. That's what you're praying for. Lord, I pray that you will know the authority that belongs to you in Jesus. That, that's a good, I don't know, that's a good prayer. We don't know what belongs to us. We don't, we don't take our rightful place. We don't have to put up with fear. We don't have to put up with sickness or eczema. We don't have to, come on. We don't have to put up with allergies and things that matter. I mean, Jacqueline was allergic to soil now, so we ought to get to declare it. He's free now. Now we believe, now we believe in God for cowboys. Now we believe in God for eggs and berries and plants and nuts and all that stuff. We don't have to deep that's under the curse. And so now we begin to speak to those things. Amen? I mean, you got to speak to some things. Some things will not change unless you open your mouth and speak to them. you got to speak to your mother. Money looking kind of funny. Money coming to me now. My God supplies all my needs. I'm a tithe. I have a tithing rights. Come up here, Daniel. Say this up, Mark, real quick. Tithing rights. What happened to you with your new job?
taking whatever he can give me, what I do to get me out of debt or to fix something in my house. Or God, I thank you, Lord. I pray you, Holy Spirit, you're the greatest thing in the world. And you can show me and lead me to a YouTube video and help me resolve the issue. How do I deal with this, these kids on the class, in the classrooms? Give me wisdom. Give me guidance. Give me revelation. How do I deal with the, the, the principal? How do I deal with the boss and the supervisor? How do I deal with my neighbor? God can give you the wisdom of God. He can help you. And I think we don't understand what is available to us. And so Paul is praying that this church will know what's available to them. So that they can walk in the freedom and the authority that God has given them. So with that in mind, I'm going to give you these. Well, I got 16 seconds. I'm going to give you these um, applications. I got four applications. The first one is to pray these prayers, kingdom prayers, prayers of the kingdom, persistent prayers, and kingdom inside prayers. I just gave them a fancy title. One is to pray them in faith. Pray them in faith. Just pray them in faith. Whatever you do, just believe that something has happened. You're praying the word. And those prayers are being thrown into your life. Um, number two, Keep praying them even when you don't think they're working. Keep praying them even when you don't think they're working. I'm going to give you an example. I was praying Ephesians 1 prayer. I've been praying for years and 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 years. And all of a sudden, I start getting revelation of the word that I never had before. I'm like, what was I preaching before? And something happened when you pray those prayers. Something takes place. Number three, create a routine to pray these prayers. Create a routine to pray these prayers. So, you know, I gave you a lot of scriptures to pray, right? And we didn't even get to Ephesians 3. We'll get there sometime later on in the year. Find somehow a routine to pray. I have little triggers, right? I'll give you an example. So, one of my triggers, I'm believing God to go full time ministry. That's that's a desire, that's a destiny of God. So, if I go to work, I'm in the car, I'm in the parking lot, and this is my routine. As I walk, I thank you, Lord, that my steps are ordered by you, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I thank you, Christ Jesus, for enabling me to me faith. This is a scripture of Timothy. I thank you, Christ Jesus, for enabling me to me faith, for me a full time paid ministry with benefits for my entire family. I'm going to tell you what else I stand for. And so, but I thank you, Lord, for meeting every need. I thank you, Lord. I thank you that because I preach the gospel, you say that preach the gospel should be never the gospel. I thank you I'm never the gospel. I thank you I'm never the gospel. I thank you that Canada is going to such a good degree. I thank you that people come from all around the world. People are actually moving into New Jersey to be part of this church. I thank you, Lord. And then I begin to say, I thank you for the gifts and the callings and the knowing of my life. There's a great demand for what I carry. I walk heavy on the earth. God has told me that recently. I walk heavy on the earth. And I thank you, Lord, that there is a demand for the word that I carry around this world. People contact me on a regular basis to come and preach the gospel, the whole gospel. People contact me through Facebook, social media. People contact me through email. People contact me through word of mouth and through text. And I thank you. 
the psalmist who dedicates this meditation to them cannot take the fall. And what has happened is that the speaking engagements are coming in the air. Supernatural. I never asked, I've only asked one person to ever preach for me about the meditation. And the female embarrassed me out of the guy and said, I've never asked a preacher that the other church has done that. How do you do it? So create a routine to pray these prayers. So whether it's uh, right every time you read the Bible, and I, I, that's the first one. Pray this prayer before you study the scriptures. Pray this Ephesians one prayer. But the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of Lord. And you may have to start out with the Bible and praying it out. There's no sin in praying with the Bible open. Right? You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. You can actually. Years so y'all think that I sit around and memorize these scriptures. I do not. It's just because I go over a million times and get stuck in it. So, so this is what I, so before I read the Bible, this is what I pray to God. I pray to the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of the Lord, to your Son, the way, right. I pray that you grant us into the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. And then I would come out to all of us and say, Thank you, my friends, you can't do anything. I love you. You do everything you do. So I remember it. And then I say, Once a week, if it's once every day, if it, I mean, uh, Timothy Hickman said that, said that he actually used to pray these prayers for, I think, like hundreds and thousands of times. It's all these things in my body that I had to pray. And then all of a sudden, one day, the revelation of the word came to me. And so it you know, one day, and it happened to me, one day I, I just like woke up and it's like I saw the Bible in a different light. That I had revelation that I didn't have revelation before. Like, it, it was amazing. I'm telling you, it worked. This is somebody from experience. If you pray these prayers, one day, God the Father will flood your heart with understanding in ways that I cannot explain it. I know stuff that I, know stuff that I sometimes I can't communicate because it's just flooded. Revelation is flooded. Just like I pray for you all. I pray those prayers over you all. I 
That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, Contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.